guy here never tells the truth, you motherfucker. The splendor of our city at its best. It's those guys, man. It's the fucking bankers, the politicians. They're the ones that want to make coke illegal. So that they can make the fucking money and that they get the fucking votes. They're fighting the bad guys. They're the bad guys. They fuck anything and anyone for Can't a fucking Can't you buck, stop dude. saying fuck all the time? Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 167. I'm Larry, your host of My Bleeding Ears Podcast, along with my co-host, Jessalyn. Hello. And we did an episode about two weeks ago, so it's about time for another one. We're mm-hmm. getting back into the, the spirit here. And yeah. We have a, a large lineup of movies to get through, too. So we really uh, we really cranked them out this week, or the last couple weeks, actually. We did, yeah. We watched a lot. All right, well, let's get us started, because right. I don't like to fuck around. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. The first thing that we watched was a documentary called Keep Sweet, Pray mm-hmm. and Obey, <laughs> um, about a cult in Utah. Right, those the Mormon sect that still believed in uh, multiple white polygamy yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the news more, like, Less than 10 years ago, uh, Warren Jeffs was the patriarch of the whole clan and the whole, like, community and everything. And he finally got caught up for, for I don't know, being with underage girls and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and he's uh, going to be away for a very long time. Yeah, good. Uh, marrying 12-year-olds and whatnot. Right, exactly. And this and this documentary just pretty much goes through uh, the beginning of... A, of of the cult, which I'm going to call them. <laughs> yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> and up until pretty much, uh, they really didn't disband. It's I think they still have a community. They do. They're because some of the interviewer, the interviewees who got out are they had to cut all ties. Like some of them aren't speaking to their parents anymore. Right. Yeah. They left, and yeah, and then apostasy is what it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's an interesting, was like three episode... Uh, Something like that. I didn't write it down. It was short. Yeah, it was a few hours long. Uh, interesting stuff, just going through um, pretty much these women's lives, living in this cult, and um, marrying men much older than them, and men with multiple wives, and hell, there was even like... Uh, Sons marrying their mothers and stuff. It was nuts. Oh, I don't remember that. No, yeah, I do. I do. Oh. This one guy married his mother after his father died. Ew. No, yeah. I don't remember that part. Yeah, well, maybe it's better for you that. If you yeah, don't. I was more focused on the idea of keep sweet is something that they tell all the girls to be completely submissive to every single man in the community. Yeah. Especially their husband. All right, next. Dead air. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I missed the mom thing. Yeah. Um, that's worse. That's just as bad, at yeah, least. Yeah. Anyway, next. Um, I guess I'll just... Uh, do you have movies that you watched on your own? I no, no. Down. No, okay. I didn't. It's all you. Yeah, I have a lot. So I'll just go through all of mine. I watched House of Gucci because I had to. 
that's from 2021. It's on Epics right now. Um, I think I have an add-on through Amazon. Anyway, it's on Epics. Um, I didn't expect it to be good, and I agreed with myself afterwards that it is not good. Um, Adam Driver's good I guess Lady Gaga isn't and it's not as though I don't love Lady Gaga she's amazingly talented I don't really get this whole hullabaloo about her acting talent it's fine Um, I think she's particularly bad in this um, but not the worst I've ever seen her Um, I don't know it's stupid yeah, uh, it looks very stupid. Uh, it's yeah, an inflated version of of what actually happened. Um, they get all the way up to his actual murder, and then it, so that's like two and a half hours. He gets murdered, which is the most interesting part. Uh, and then it just goes directly to another scene where she's getting sentenced to prison, and just like the scrollers, like, and then she goes to prison. And that's the end. The thing is, I watched a documentary with her interviewing because she is out of prison. Like, maybe you could add that to your subtitles. Uh, What exactly happened to her if you want to American graffiti this thing at the end of two and a half hours? Um, I did not like it. Yeah, yeah. I I don't like necessarily like movies anymore based off of actual people biopics i agree i am not a fan of them anymore because it's a lot of it's just made up stuff and but this was scandal and murder so i thought it was just done poorly it was it was all the drama without all the scandal right Mm -hmm. and with bad accents and bad accents (laughs) i mean i think i guess i don't really know uh house of gucci i would skip it but what do i it wasn't really my cup of tea anyway i don't know why i wanted to see it so badly but i did uh, next, Abandoned. This is Emma Roberts, I think, latest movie. I rented this on Amazon. Um, it's your run-of-the-mill, we're moving into a new house, and oh, it's haunted. And you um, have a baby. There, there's a baby who screams all the time. Um, it starts out as kind of a... It's got some Babadook-type qualities, because the mom is kind of slowly going insane, because this mm-hmm. baby will not stop screaming, and the dad is always out of the house. But the end is... You know what? I actually don't even remember. I just remember <laughs> thinking, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. Yeah, the oh, baby no. does scream a lot in this movie. And I know that because I heard it through my door in my yeah, room while you were it's watching it. very grating. Oh my god, I had to put headphones on. Maybe especially if you don't have children, or I don't know, maybe oh. especially if you do have children. Ugh. Was... Um, oh my god, I'm the worst podcaster ever. I, I do not remember how it ends. Well, it must not have been that great, then. Ending explained. Oh, psh. (laughs) Um, All right, well, seeing as you're not prepared... uh, Yeah, sorry, I'm totally unprepared. Abandoned, skip it. Yes, next. Next, Off-season. This has uh, Joe Swanberg, which is why uh, I... And uh, what's his name? Richard... No. The weird-looking guy from Hannibal. I always forget his name. Um... From Hannibal the movie or Hannibal the, the TV the movie, show? The movie, the movie, the movie. Oh, man. Come on, man. You saw him. Was I fell asleep during this movie. What are you talking no, about? No, you weren't in the room, but you mentioned his name as soon as I started watching the movie. Anyway, Joe Swanberg was why I was interested in it. Um, and the girl from House of the Devil, who's not Greta Gerwig. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Um, she was the other the star of the movie, yeah. Um, unfortunately... I mean, Richard I fell Brake. asleep. Richard Brake. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I don't... See, yeah, see, he was in the beginning of the movie. And... Well, yeah, you were in there and you fell asleep. You yes. Just watched... <laughs> Richard Brake, you said his name like... Yeah. 
Anyway. And you're like, who? And I was like, Richard Brake. I didn't say who. I just didn't know his name. (laughs) Um, I wanted to call him Richard Hatch. I think that's the winner of the first season of Survivor who's in prison now. And also, or he was in prison, but Richard Hatch is also the name of, ah, shit, the one guy from um, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the old one. And the new one, too, actually. Uh, Yeah. Damn, was he Apollo or Starbuck? I don't recall. But anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um... So I was interested, Joe Swanberg is always charming, even when he's a shithead. He's kind of a bit of both in everything he does. Yeah. And it works for me. I really like it. But in this, he's just, it's not his fault. It's the writing. He's just awful. Mm -hmm. All he does is yell at his girlfriend or wife or whoever she is the whole time, and then he disappears. And then when he comes back. So the whole premise is she goes back because her mother's uh, grave has been vandalized. She goes back to this scary old island um, tells us that her mother didn't even want to be buried there because there are demons there, yada, yada, yada. There are demons. Joe Swangberg gets possessed by the demon, mm-hmm. um, dies, um, and yeah. everybody's possessed by the demon, and that's... That's it, huh? Yeah. It's well, not good. Well, I had a good nap then. So, yeah. All right. It didn't... Uh, nobody that, uh, you know, I had worked with Jocelyn Donahue and Joe Swanberg in things that I'd liked before... Nobody was involved in this. So I, that should have been, I guess, a red flag. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, Joe Swanberg. Do something else. That was super disappointing. Well, he does a lot of stuff. He directs a lot of yeah, that's shit. Yeah, so. But I miss your face and your <laughs> delightful shithead attitude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next. Um, that's all I watched on my own. So together we watched Watcher. That's 2022, that's a rent, and it's uh, Maker Monroe, so I waited for you. Mm, yes, yes. Um, yeah, this <clears throat> is about a woman who moves to, um, was it Romania, with her um, part Romanian husband, because he yeah. has a job interview there, mm-hmm. and he works a lot, and she's alone a lot, and she, across the street from their apartment, she sees someone uh, watching her, staring at her, she can't really make out the person. And while this is going on, also, there are murders happening around the area. And, uh, you know, per usual kind of thing like this, uh, gaslighting by the husband. Yeah. Um, one of those kind of movies where you, everyone doesn't, everyone thinks this, this woman is crazy. Right. Um, and no one believes her kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like this one. I, I did like it. It was done well. Like the the pacing and everything. It, it's a slower burn and everything. And even like halfway through the movie, we do. You even questioned if she was um, if she was crazy or if she yeah. was overreacting. Let's say right to certain situations in this movie. The gaslighting even like got to me. I was sort of wondering if that was the twist of the movie that she is bonkers. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you, it, it kept you not knowing all the way until the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and then that's when you figure it out. Um, She's not bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I wasn't going to ruin it for everyone, but yeah, I the, just did it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, everybody. Yeah. So yeah, but I didn't. Uh, you know, you don't know who yet. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, so yeah, I, I would uh, check that one out. It's available to rent right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. worth the rent. Mm. Next, uh, we have always lived in the castle from 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the one with Alexandra Daddario and uh, Tysa Farmiga. Uh huh. It's based on a Shirley Jackson short story. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know that until I looked it up, and that makes sense. 
Although, I do think it's maybe not one of her best. Mm -hmm. uh, so you didn't like this movie that much. It's all right. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Yeah. I liked, actually, Alexandra D'Addario's character and how she portrayed this character. Uh, I know I don't think you did. Um, no, I liked everybody in it, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and I read the source material, and they're pretty true to it. Mm -hmm. um, but, I just uh, don't think I like the story, though. I'm just not really that interested in the story. That's right. all. Um, the story is about this um, these two sisters living in a house with their, uh, I want to say, paralyzed uncle. And there's, uh, around town, people are talking about how the older sister, played by Alexandra Daddario, mm -hmm. had poisoned her entire family, or almost her entire family, the adults in her family. Um, so she was put on trial. This is none of this stuff. We don't see any of that stuff. Right. And uh, she is not convicted. So she is now in charge of this big house with her uncle and her little sister, and uh, people around town think she's a murderer and everyone hates every. They all hate that family because mm -hmm. that was a big to-do family in their uh, town. So um, we're led to believe that Alexandria D'Addario is the one that killed her parents uh, by the poisoning. But there's little hints given off uh, throughout the movie that it wasn't her. And, it, and it's the way Alexandria acts in this movie is, is great because you can tell she's hiding something by the way she yeah. acts mm -hmm. and it's not like she's necessarily timid or quiet or anything she's very open and very talkative about anything really uh and she's very just passive towards her sister and whenever she does something wrong mm -hmm. um she has this to do well attitude throughout the whole movie for the most part even when weird stuff happens or things out of the ordinary and then you you learn why by the end of the movie, right? Which uh, which I do recommend this one. Uh, no, you don't. But no, it's not that I don't recommend <laughs> it. I mean, maybe you'll like it. I wasn't into it. That doesn't mean you won't mm. be. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I say check it out. It's um, a, a slower burn. Like um, their first cousin, I want to say, comes by to actually. Uh, it it seems like he wants to get their money for the most part. Right. But it's not over the top either, where he's like, I need money. Like, not at first. Not at first. And yeah. not, not necessarily throughout the whole movie, but um, it's just another interesting kind of angle that's played in this film mm -hmm. that um, that this happens. But anyway, I say check it out. Yeah, I, I do too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's 2019 on Amazon. Um, next, on Shudder, we watch The Cellar. Uh, that's from 2022, uh, with Alicia Cuthbert. Alicia Cuthbert. I keep wanting to say Elijah Duth, Elijah Duthku. I can't even <laughs> say can't that. You can't say their names Elijah right. <laughs> it's not. It's Alicia Cuthbert. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, where's she been? But she's actually been on the ranch this whole time, the TV show on Netflix. Right. She's yeah. been around. Yeah, she does stuff. She, mm -hmm. she pops up every once in a while, it seems like. Yeah. Um, you didn't like this one all that much. I think I was a little more accepting of it you know the end makes up for it but i don't know if it's alicia cuthbert's direction or her acting choices mm -hmm. but so the whole premise is that her daughter disappears sort of into the house they don't know that a yet, new house but, that they yeah, move a into. new house that they move into so your your regular old haunted house uh teenage daughter disappears and i don't know the whole time 
Alicia Cuthbert's character sort of cares. Like, she's definitely doing some, inv- doing a lot of investigating. Yeah. The whole movie is trying to find her. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, she's so stuck. I don't know. Like, there's not an urgency there's to no her. There's no desperation. In, until yeah. the end, right? Right. And even then, mm-hmm. like... I don't. I guess I don't want to spoil it because it's brand new and I've done enough spoiling. But there's part <laughs> at the end where she's looking for her, and there's like thirty seconds of looking for her, and it's not as though it's thirty seconds of them putting scenes together where she's looking all over her for mm-hmm. her. It's literally thirty seconds of her looking for her and then just giving up. Yeah, and and I this mean, movie could have been cut dumb. down a little bit. They do um, kind of focus on things a little too long in this movie. Yes. You can cut it down by a few minutes and, and make it more, I don't know, a little quicker paced. This this isn't necessarily a slow burn movie. There's lots that that happens because they have a son also and um, this demon or entity in the house wants to take him too. Right. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff going on also. But um, I think it's okay. Um, I think the ending makes it okay. Yes, the ending does make it okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, I give it a lukewarm check it out. Lukewarm check it out here too. Um, And then the last movie before our movie of the week is Crimes of the Future 2022. We rented that. Yes. Um, And I liked it. I liked it too. Yeah. Very um, Cronenbergian kind of film. A little too long. A little bit, yeah. There's... um, I want to say it, it's hard to follow, but it, if you just kind of look at it plainly, it really isn't that hard to follow. It's really not. And they, maybe at first, but then they really spell it out for you. They do, around yes. Around the end, yeah. Yes. And, and I guess it's whatever you you get from the film kind of thing, whatever mm-hmm. theme or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It was nice to see a Cronenberg film that's dealing with gross stuff again yeah, as compared back to body horror yeah as compared to like some of the other stuff which i like also mm-hmm. i i haven't seen any of the more recent stuff that has come out but i have uh you know that there's like history of violence there were eastern promises those movies mm-hmm. which really kind of deviated from what he was doing before which i really enjoyed but um yeah. this is as this was a, a cool way back into yeah like somewhat body horror kind of thing Actually, all about you, or if you think about this That's movie, all it is, yeah, it deals That's with what it. it's about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one's cool. I would say check it out. Vigo's pretty good in it. Yeah, um, everyone's pretty good in the movie. And um, not everyone. Whoa. I will say that I don't. I think Kristen Stewart's. I'm shitting oh, yeah. on actresses today. I I'm know. sorry. Um, but Kristen Stewart's acting choices are also really strange. She speaks really quickly and under her breath, so it's really hard to understand her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just I didn't like the character, but... I... Probably, yeah, because the character isn't really developed all that much. She's pretty two-dimensional. That's yes, the other thing. Yeah, she doesn't get much of a chance. And she's kind of... Her character is, a little, is explained more towards the end of the movie, yeah. mm-hmm. which I think they could have spent a little more time on that. Well, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, agree. So, okay, um... Special part of our episode today is that we also watched Nope, and that's a, like a newer movie that's still out in theaters. And we are going to review that movie also, but after our movie of the week, so um, we don't spoil it for someone who hasn't seen the movie yet and still wants to listen to our movie of the week and not have to fast forward or anything. So, uh, fair warning, after our movie of the week, we are doing a, a nice little 
a little review of Nope with spoilers. So uh, stick around for that if you've seen the movie. If not, uh, maybe not. But if you don't give a shit and want it spoiled, feel free to stick around and we will talk about it a little bit. So, um, alright, but uh, movie of the week coming up next. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1985 Stephen King written Cat's Eye, directed by Louis Teague. If you uh, are familiar with Louis Teague's work, he's also did Alligator in 1980 and Cujo. So I think this is part of his Animal Trilogy films. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Cat's Eye is an anthology film. From the mid-80s, <clears throat> one that I watched quite a bit when I was younger and up until now even. <clears throat> it had been probably about four or five years since I've last seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it still holds up really well, you know, uh, compared to a lot of other stuff from the 80s. And um, I just wanted to do this film because last week's film was such like a, a I'm not going to say like a downer or anything, but it, it wasn't fun. At yeah, all? <laughs> that's true. It wasn't. This movie is a lot more fun, and <laughs> I kind of wanted to uh, break off from the, more of a serious film this time around and just do something a little more fun and a little more silly, like this movie, Cat's Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the basic premise of this movie is that there's this cat, uh, and I'm not talking about some cool guy, an actual cat <laughs> that's running around. That's um. Uh, we're introduced to the to this little guy when uh, I just running around the, the streets in uh, New Jersey or so, Staten Island, I want to say, in the beginning. Something like that. The, he catches a ferry or something. Right. Um, we see this cat. We're going through the credits, and he's chased by a dog. And Cujo. Yeah, which is Cujo. And, and there's all these links to uh, Stephen King movies throughout this, this yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Um, the cat almost gets hit by a car that that's a uh, the car, the Christine car. Mm-hmm. Um Later on in the movie, one of the like the mother is reading Pet Cemetery in bed. Yep. There's just little little mm-hmm. things like that that are, are, are covered in this movie. Um, the cat, yeah, jumps uh, into what is it like a? Oh yeah, he jumps on like a ship, and it travels to New York City. Mm-hmm. And he gets off. He starts roaming the streets, and he sees in this window uh, this little girl. Um, it's like a I don't know. He's having a this cat's having a vision of this little girl telling yeah. him. That there's danger and he needs to come and help, kind of thing. This is from the cat's POV, hence right? Cat's eye. Yes. <laughs> and um, uh, Drew Barrymore, uh, the, the vision of her is saying, "I uh, I need help or help this other person." Um, the cat's totally not paying attention. This guy pulls up, picks up the cat, uh, puts him in a box, and takes him into this high-rise building, and that's where we're first introduced to James Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Woods is a great actor. 
uh, piece of shit human piece being. Piece of shit <clears throat> human being, but a great actor. Love him yeah. as an actor, man. He's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, he, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> anyway, uh, he plays a man who is uh, brought to this high-rise uh, to quit smoking. Uh, his friend drives him there and says, hey, you're, you're this is for good, this is what you need, man. They're, they're really going to help you quit smoking. And he's hesitant about it. He smokes a lot of cigarettes. So he's like, all right, I'll go. Goes to the office and starts filling out paperwork. He's about to light a cigarette. And there's a man sitting in the office with him and he starts crying. <laughs> and James Woods is automatically, he's having second thoughts about going through with this. Yeah. He also um, sees like no smoking signs and what smoking does to your body. And right. This is all like, it's 1985, so it's relatively new information. Like, did you yes. know that cigarettes are not nutritious? Yes, they're, they're, not, <laughs> they're not for breakfast. Yeah. Um, and eventually a woman comes out from the back crying and hysterical. Uh, the man tries to comfort her and he says, you know, I've been a smoker since I was 16. This is really hard kind of thing. Um, this works. Yeah, <laughs> they're both distraught and they right. both leave. Yeah. Right. She's hitting him with her purse and everything. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, you know, what? I don't want to go. And, he's, and he starts to leave. And then the uh, proprietor of this business comes out, played by Alan King. Mm-hmm. He uh, takes him. Mr. Norris is his name. Uh, 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 which uh, James no. Woods' name is Mr. Norris. Yes, yeah, Morrison. Is it Morrison? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mr. Dick Morrison. <laughs> I think, because isn't Norris the name of the guy in the third one? Yes, Norris yeah. is... Uh, all it's right, all right. Story. Right, right, right. Morrison. Yeah. He, um, so Alan King intercepts him, takes him to the office, um, starts asking him about the questionnaire that James Woods fills out. He's like, how come you didn't put the uh, your daughter's name and what school she goes to? And he's like, I didn't really think that was important. Very menacing the whole time. <clears throat> right. Alan King's just sitting there kind of just, I, he is untouchable yeah. <laughs> in this role. So, uh, and he pretty much just goes through, uh, well, he asks, like, do you have any cigarettes on you? And James was like, yeah, I got a bunch. Gives them to him and he pounds them in <laughs> with his hands on there. Them matches up. them up. <laughs> And he go, pretty much goes through the whole stick shtick of how he's going to quit smoking. Uh, he locks the door. James was like, dude, you let me fuck out of here, man, or something's going to go wrong. Um, and that's when Alan King opens the drapes open in his office, and there's the cat that they, they'd taken earlier, uh, the cat that we were following around. He's in, like, this uh, one-way mirror kind of chamber that's uh, electrified on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so what Alan King does is shows him this go on and says if you smoke we're gonna throw you in we're gonna throw your wife in there and you're mm-hmm. gonna have to watch and he lists everything that will happen right and, yeah. and later on he says um if you do smoke again we're gonna throw your daughter in there mm-hmm. and if you smoke a third time we're gonna rape your wife yeah and he's like we have a special guy that we keep on retainer just for that a real disturbed piece of shit there for the most part eyes on you at all times There's yes nowhere you can hide exactly and so James Woods goes, uh, leaves there, ends up going home, and he's doing the um, fiending for a cigarette kind of thing, where you're, you're just you're irritated, you, you can't talk to anyone, you feel like shit, mm-hmm. know where he's been. So um, uh, he tells his wife that he quit smoking and that uh, it's a hard time and everything like that. Uh, it's a really kind of new age kind of place, I guess. Uh, later on at night, though, he gets a craving, goes to his desk in his um, in his, in his uh, den or whatever, 
and finds a pack of cigarettes in there, um, starts to light one up, and he hears a noise coming out of his closet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and him just remembering everything that Alan King told him what had happened, he pretty much approaches the closet and is like, hey, I didn't smoke this, tell uh, what's-his-name that I didn't do it, uh, we're all good, I'm gonna go back to bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He goes back to bed, wakes up in the morning, and sees that someone actually had gone inside of his house and hid in his closet, and we're waiting for him to smoke. So this place is extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way you're going to get away from this. Uh, this leads us to one of our next scenes is with, um, you get to see his daughter, which is played by Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore plays a bunch of different roles in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter is special needs. So um, I guess back in the 80s, you just took your special needs daughter to a, a place to live. And... Um, and live at home with your wife. <laughs> it was something that I guess I never really understood yeah. when I was younger watching this movie. It was like, why why don't we get to see his daughter more? Why is she well, in the now, school? Yeah. And why can't she catch a balloon? <laughs> that part always bothered me yeah. too. But then, you know, after, when I got older, I started watching the movie more. And like, oh, she's uh, definitely definitely has some learning uh, disabilities. And maybe that's why she's lives here. And, Institutionalized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, James Woods goes to visit her there, gives her a doll and everything, a Cabbage Patch doll. And Alan King shows up to her school, and they have a little conversation. He's like, you know, we're, we're always watching you. Don't fuck up. Um, now we know where your daughter goes right? to school. And if you had lit that cigarette, none of this would have been happening anyway, because your daughter would be, I mean, your, uh, your wife would be getting fried right now. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Um, the next scene is when he goes to a party with his wife. It looks like a lot of his friends are there. And that's when he, that's when the hallucinations and the fiending really goes on for his character because everywhere he looks, people are smoking five, six cigarettes even. <laughs> yeah, this is your favorite scene. My favorite scene. scene of the whole movie There's is... this, like, banquet where everybody's smoking and just, like, ashing on the floor. Cigarettes and, are uh, everywhere and he's just flipping out. Uh, he sees Alan King come down the... The stairs uh, mimicking the the words to uh, the police's every move you take. Yeah. And people are just blowing smoke everywhere. Like, and, and <laughs> there's eyes everywhere, which, of course, it's freaking him out, too. So he looks at, like, this platter of food and, like, there's eyeballs in the eggs. <laughs> so yeah. looks at him. Eyeballs like, in the painting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and he's finally like, oh, I'm done, I'm done. He tells his friend to kiss his ass, blow it out his ass or whatever leaves um and then that's the end of the scene i just i love that scene it's just hilarious <laughs> about how and, and, it's, and it's not necessarily too over exaggerated because when you, you you quit something it really affects you and yeah. like your, your brain's going nuts so i, I think that's a, a pretty funny representation of what your brain's doing even though it is exaggerated and it's it's supposed to be funny yes I mean, it's not supposed to be taken seriously yeah anyway. Uh, next scene leads to James Wood. I, th- I think he's driving to work or driving somewhere, and um, he gets caught on a bridge, and there's traffic, so he's got to wait. And so he opens up his glove compartment, and a pack of cigarettes falls out of there. And at first, he gets fucking creeped out, like oh fuck, you know, mm-hmm. like oh shit, I'm stuck with these cigarettes. Um, he's like, you know what? I'm stuck in traffic. No one's around. He takes a look around a little bit. Like, yeah, I think it's time for a cigarette. So he grabs a cigarette, kind of low in his car, starts firing up, having a few puffs, and all of a sudden, uh, the truck behind him starts honking. He looks up, sees that the cars ahead of him are moving, but also notices that 
the car to the right of him is owned by someone who works for this the Quitters Incorporated mm -hmm. uh, business. So right away, he's fucked. Uh, um, he speeds home to get his wife, but they've taken his She's wife. She's already gone, yeah. And uh, he gets a phone call from Alan King. He goes down to the office, and he watches his wife get fried in there after tussling with um, one of Alan King's henchmen, and to which he drops the cat's cage and the cat runs out and he says, oh, fiddly sticks, which is my favorite line yeah, in the movie. you say that a lot. Yep, <laughs> and I know where I got it from. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they end up do kind of um, getting James Woods to watch his wife get fried. Uh, she gets out of there and they comfort each other. And we get to see what happens six months later. He's still going to Quitters Incorporated. Um, they're giving him tests and everything, checking his weight out. Alan King's like, you know, at most 70-some uh, percent of people who quit smoking gain a lot of weight. We want to keep you down in weight and everything. And James Woods is like, what are you going to do if I, if, I, if I put on more weight? He's going to burn down my house down. And Alan King laughs, and they both laugh. And he says, no, nah, I'm just going to cut off your wife's pinky. Mm -hmm. And they laugh some more and everything. And then... Uh, we go to the end of this episode, or story, and we see that James Woods is having a dinner party with the one friend who took him to, to Quitters, mm -hmm. and his wife, and they all cheers to Quitters, and then that's when uh, the wife of the one guy who took him there raises her glass, um, I mean, she's not too happy raising her glass, and then we get to see that uh, her pinky finger is missing. Yep, she's missing a pinky. And <laughs> and then that's where it ends. So yep. that was an awesome ending to that episode. And um, I don't know. I like all of these. I can't really say which one's my favorite, but this one kind of edges closest to it uh, because it, it makes me laugh so much and yeah. because of the content in it. Um, this leads us to our second story where the cat takes a train back to, uh, New Jersey again to Atlantic City and he is, um, like down, like where all the casinos are and everything and, uh, that's when we first meet, um, what's his face from Eraserhead, the one guy, um, oh, he's in tons of shit too, um, he usually plays a piece of shit. Kenneth McMillan. Yes, there we go. What's his character's name? Cressner. Cressner. We get to see Cressner, who is a big shot at this casino in Atlantic City. A, you can tell that because he walks to the casino. Everyone knows who he is. He's paying a lot of people off, and that's where we see him and his friend uh, see the cats in the middle of the road, and he, uh, him, and his friend make a bet that the cat. Will either die or live by crossing this busy like intersection. Um, of course, the cat makes it across, and Mr. Crestner wins the bet, which is like two thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Um, while this is all going on, the uh, striker from uh, airplane is a washed-up uh, tennis player, and he's uh, he's he's pretty much wooed. Mr. Crestner's wife away from him. Yeah. And he's taking her to a train, uh, I mean, a bus to get out of the city, and he's got to go get some cash from the bank, and then he'll meet her out of the city and the next day. Uh, she really wants him to go with, but he's like, no, I got, we need money. We can't survive on anything. Uh, plus, this dude's crazy, um, so you should get the hell out of here. Yeah. He goes back to his car and gets knocked out by uh, roast, uh, what's his name? Roast Beef from uh, Goodfellas. 
<laughs> and uh, um, Dumb and Dumber guy, I forgot his name, but yeah. he's in tons of shit. Uh, Mike Starr. Right. Um, he takes him to Kressner's penthouse in this casino uh, where we get to see Sebastian is what he names the cat. And he pretty much tells Stryker that um, we planted drugs in your car and we're going to let the authorities know about that. And guess what? I also know about you and my wife. Um, but for us to forget all of this, how about you go outside this building and uh, there's a ledge on this building because I'm on the penthouse and I want you to go around the entire circumference or whatever area <clears throat> of this building and if you live, I won't call them and then you can have my wife and I won't do anything. Yeah, it's a five inch ledge, that's it. Right, so um, of course there's obstacles that are going to await Mr. Stryker mm -hmm. when he, or Mr. Norris. Mr. Norris. Uh, Mr. Norris this time around, that's Stryker. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's kind of fucked if he doesn't do it. Uh, so he gets on the ledge and starts going across. There's wind. I, I just want to interject here that both of us said immediately, I'll go to jail. Yeah, I, I, I'll take the sentence, I'll man. I'll go to jail. I'll try this in My court, buddy. My first offense, I might be all right. Right. <laughs> well, actually, he did say he had prior drug offenses. Oh, I see. So he would have been I'll put still, away for a long time. Still go to jail, I think. Yeah, they hid like, a few kilos of, of the coke in his car. Um, so he starts to go uh, around the building, and uh, of course there's wind, there's uh, uh, fucking Crestner's fucking with him too, opening up windows, honking horns at him, mm -hmm. ends up shooting him with like a fire hose, uh, fucking pigeons pecking his foot off, he almost falls away from that. Um, he has to traverse across like a, a, a lighted sign like on top of the building. And he almost dies from that, and then he finally makes it back to the to the uh, what well, I was gonna say awning, but uh, the balcony, the balcony yeah. part where he had left. He made his way around, and he's fucking pissed, of course. And he gets back into the the apartment building, the penthouse, and Crestner pretty much says, "Hey, um, I'm kind of a sore loser, but here's your money, and here's your wife." And he had ordered his henchmen to pick up his wife at the bus station and cut off her head. So yeah. in this bag full of money was also his wife's head. And of course this upsets Norris mm -hmm. and Norris and Kressner get into a scuffle. Um, one of his henchmen pulls a gun, but uh, Sebastian, the cat, trips him and he drops the gun and mm -hmm. Norris grabs the gun, kills the henchman, and he makes Kressner do the same thing that he had to do. Even though Kressner's offering him millions and millions of dollars He's doing, he makes him do the same thing, and uh, Crestor makes it, like, around the first part of the building, and then the pigeons get him. Pigeon. Peck the shit out of his ankle, and he falls off. And same goddamn pigeon. So, uh, so, yeah, and that's the end of this segment. And the cat's rooting for Mr. Norris the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sebastian and Crestor starts yelling at the cat because the cat wants him to make it. Yeah, hissing at Crestor and yeah. stuff. Yeah, the, guy, the Sebastian was on Norris's side the whole time. Right. But, uh, yeah, this is another good one. It's, oh, man. I, I'm going, throughout the whole time in this episode, I'm just like, you know what? Oh, fuck it. I, I'm going to go to jail. I'm, I'm not doing this. Yep. And then he pulls a gun on him. I was like, dude, I'll take a bullet. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. take two shit. I will 100% die trying to do this. So kill yeah. me or send me to jail. <laughs> All right, and so Sebastian escapes. 
gets on a train, heads over to as a North Carolina or South Carolina, one of those, probably South Carolina, and makes his way into Drew Barrymore's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lives in a nice big house. She's about eight years old. Uh, we see um, Sebastian, which she changes his name to General, uh, head inside the house because that's where the evil supposedly uh, is supposedly stationed because early in the film, of course, Drew Barrymore keeps showing up and saying, uh, the evil's still out there, we still need help, yada, yada, yada. yeah. yeah. Uh, so he finally makes it there, uh, and, but at the same time he moves in, a uh, little troll guy moves in also, and uh, he's like a little crude-looking jester guy with little, like, bells on his hat, <laughs> real ugly son of a bitch, but he, he, he's got some charm, though. And it's played by, it looks like it's played by either a child or a little person yes. on this huge set. Yes, that they built. <laughs> yeah, they did build a huge set for this movie, and they had this little person running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the parents aren't too thrilled about this cat. Uh, the mom definitely is not thrilled about having a cat in the house. I don't know why she's being such a jerk about it. Because cats, everybody hated cats in the 80s. It was, like, popular to hate cats yeah. in the 80s and the 90s. Even still... I never understood it. Cats are awesome. Yeah, yeah, they are. It took me a while, but yeah, I softened up, definitely. Yeah, they're the best. Um, so, of course, um, Drew Barrymore has <clears throat> has these dreams of this monster that's living in her wall. Parents don't listen to her. Uh, the first night, General stays. Um, they kick him out the next day, and, but the next day, the troll comes out and mm-hmm. ends up killing their bird, and the mom was didn't want to have the cat because she knew that the cat would kill the bird. Um, but the little troll monster does, and they blame it on the cat. Yeah. Uh, the troll and the cat get into a fight, too. Like, a uh, general gets stabbed by the little guy. It was his little, his little, little knife. sword. Yeah, <laughs> gets a good shot in on general, and general uh, ends up getting the hell out of there because the parents are coming. Uh, the little troll runs back into his little wall there, hangs mm-hmm. out until the next night. Uh, the mother sees that the the bird was killed so she ends up tricking general into eating food uh, she traps him and takes him to a uh, what looks like a, a shelter it's like but, the city shelter right county shelter that's bad news yeah that's not good man <laughs> um so general's stuck there now he's set to be terminated the next day and that's what it tells us um so Drew Barrymore goes back to sleep the, the next night. Um, she's screaming for General prior to that because she doesn't know that Mom pretty much took the cat that she really loves, that she wants really, really bad, away and to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that, the troll then comes out of the wall that night while she's sleeping, and uh, the troll begins to steal her breath. Now... What happened earlier on in the segment is that uh, the things that parents will do to you to fuck with you to not want things. Um, so pretty much what the parents told the kids, semi as a joke, but kind of seriously, was that cats steal kids' breath. They were speaking to one of their aunts from the old country, and that's what she said they do. Uh, I had the same kind of thing happen to me when I was a kid. My uh, I wanted a bloodhound. Because um, they were like a big goofy looking dog, or a bloodhound, or a basset yeah. hound. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and my mom, of course, uh, uh, like some time later, was like, "Oh, I had a dream that uh, 
we had a blood they had a bloodhound and the bloodhound maimed your little dog because I had a little dog at that time oh my too. God. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I guess I'm not getting a bloodhound. They're gonna kill my dog. Oh my god. So, well, yeah. Those two things are different though. <laughs> because that's, I mean, a dream. That's definitely. Yeah. She told you a lie. Yeah. But stealing <laughs> yeah. breath, like people really believed that cats did that. Like, that's not how breath works. Right. Um, yeah. I don't even know what to say beyond that. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not how air works. So. But anyway, the troll end up do, ends up doing it, though. Right. Um, the trolls are imaginary. That's the difference. Yes. <laughs> so the troll starts stealing her breath. Uh, General breaks the hell out of there. He finds his moment to, to sneak past the, the guy feeding him. Uh, busts out, starts running towards home. We get the, this grand score of General running through this rain-soaked alleyways, getting back to Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. um, he gets back there. Oh, damn, how did he get in there? Oh, he, he runs up and he goes and jumps through her um, uh, chimney. That's she right. Has a fireplace she has a fireplace in her room. room so guess. General fires through there, comes out. Him and the uh, troll have a good old fight. Um, the troll uh, does like a flip off the bed right into a jar full of Marbles, General knocks him over and kicks him and breaks out of that. So there's like this green screened cat, <laughs> this man in a costume and on a huge set. It's, I mean, for 1985. Not I, bad, not bad. Very creative. Right. Yeah. Uh, the little troll guy sees some helium balloons, <laughs> thinks he can get away that way. Unfortunately, he is too heavy for these balloons and he is now just a pinata for General to knock around, mm -hmm. which he does. And that's the only time it looks like that. The cat actor is having a good time. <laughs> well, there was like eight or nine different cats that were in this movie. Yeah, still. I just, I get more and more sensitive to the treatment of animals in older movies. <laughs> and this is no exception. So, um, uh, General ends up getting the monster onto a record player. And uh, luckily, General used to be a DJ, probably in another <laughs> segment in Cat's Eye, the prequel. So he knows how to run a record player. Uh, he speeds up the record player with the troll on top of it. Yeah, the record player has turbo speed. Well, it, it's a three-speed <laughs> record player, which was pretty rare for a kid to have. Um, of course, the record goes really fast. The troll can't handle it and flies off right into a fan. Mm -hmm. And while this is all going on, Drew Barrymore is screaming for her parents, and they can't get into the door because... The troll was smart and got a door stopper and stopped the door. Stopped the door, which is another cute little scene where he's on a huge soundstage. And and mushing picks up his big door stopper. Yeah, and kicks it. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um, and her parents are the whole time yelling at her to open the door like like she's doing something wrong. Like yeah. she's, I mean, she's screaming hysterically. Right. Um, they finally get in the door and see the aftermath of the attack. Um see that there's body little body parts around this fan and the parents start to be like oh fuck um she was right kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, we have a conversation later on she, they're asking her like did you see any other ones or their little friends running around kind of thing they found it like, no. you forgot to say they find this tiny little, little sword. knife yeah his little <laughs> sword uh and the mom is pretty much like you can't tell this to anyone and he's like well how about i keep this cat yeah. <laughs> kind of thing and maybe i'll keep my mouth shut mm -hmm. So they relent, and they have a deal, and at the end of the movie, we see General eat a nice big fish, 
uh, climb into bed with all three of them because, yeah, I would suspect all three of them would get together and sleep in the bed after yeah. a traumatic after experience the, like the that. Troll attack, yes. And then that's when you see General get on top of her and it looks like, you know, he could potentially steal her breath. But he ends up licking her, and then that's the end of the movie. That's the end. They have a nice little moment together. cats are awesome, and they stealing are. breath is the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, do you recommend this movie? You know, it's not or, that I... Or, what, or how has this movie changed since you saw it uh, the first time well, or back in the day? I mean, like five or six years ago when we watched it, it was definitely sensitive to the cat actors, mm-hmm. especially the electricity scene. I realize he's probably not being electrocuted, no. but that cat is terrified. It's air blowing up through yeah. the, the thing. <clears throat> um, so I just, I don't like watching stuff like that. I know the cat's not in traffic, but I don't like watching that either. <laughs> but it wasn't just that this time. It was definitely the two-dimensional wife characters, <clears throat> and then the third one had just the absolute worst wife ever character. Yeah. Um, and those were your female characters. Like Drew Barrymore, too. And Drew Barrymore, who's a 10, so not a woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what, fine. It's a Stephen King movie from 1985. What do you want me to say? I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's remove all those things that you said. And now let's focus on all the other stuff. Okay. What do you think about that? You know what? Like the actual core of the movie. Here we go. You'll hate this. Mm-hmm. Reboot it. Because I do like the stories. Mm-hmm. Now upgrade it. Update it. So you can see, like, a smoking thing where it's more, like, uh, people have control of cameras and your phone and everything like that. Yeah. I'm sure that could work. Um, going around that building, yeah, you could redo That's that again. Timeless. And then uh, the troll in the wall, yeah, you could do that also. Yeah. So, I'd reboot it. I want a new cat's eye. Yeah. And here I was last week shitting on Firestarter. <laughs> Figure me out, I'm complicated. <laughs> well, I still enjoy this movie a lot, actually. Yeah, there's, you laughed the whole way through. Yeah, and there's a lot of ridiculous parts. But yeah, I still thoroughly enjoy the film. I think that it does have a lot to offer uh, when it comes to horror movies. And what's especially kind of great about this film is that it's PG, PG-13. No swear words, no gore, really. No, really, no. <clears throat> I think this is a good starter movie for a younger horror fan. Yeah. Even though maybe the last segment might fuck with you with the little troll in the wall. Um, maybe. Yeah, if you're a little kid, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, more of the thought of yeah, having yeah, something sure. in your wall. Yeah, something living in your Not wall. Not that particular little, little goon. With a tiny little yeah. sword. Yes. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, I think that about does it this week for our movie of the week. Uh, or this episode for the most part. Uh, like I said in the beginning... We are going to do a short little uh, thing for Nope. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, you have, if you have seen it, stick around. If you haven't, probably don't. But if you don't give a fuck, yeah, you can stick around too. Stick around. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. All right. We recently watched Jordan Peele's latest film, Nope. Uh, it was a few days ago. Uh, the theater was... Well, there was... A, like 10 people in there, maybe? Yeah, a smaller theater. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was definitely not crowded. Right, right. But we went to see it <clears throat> at noon. Yes. Yeah. I think that's probably the best time to, to, been to out for it. like two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, nope. Um, I read nothing about this movie. I 
Unfortunately, I saw parts of the trailer for it that I covered my eyes because I didn't want to know shit about yeah, it. Yeah, the I feel, the theatrical trailer didn't bother me too much. I feel like they kept enough hidden. Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch anything else, and I'm so glad. Yes. So um, this one, of course, people are are going to try and try and put this with the other his other two movies that Jordan Peele has directed. Uh, being Get Out and Us, um, two movies that dealt with race a lot more. Um, this one doesn't deal yeah. with it as much, or right. very, very little. I'd um, say Us is more about class, but yeah, definitely mm. more social commentaries. Not that this isn't one. No, oh, it is yeah. still, but not necessarily what you would expect coming from a movie, even though this is only his third movie, right. which I like how he now he's going in all different kind of directions with horror movies. And with stuff I've never seen before, or necessarily, or from the point of view of someone that I, I haven't from, seen it from. That's what I would say, a different point of view, because mm-hmm. it's not as though we haven't really, we haven't seen this before, and we can get into that a little bit mm-hmm. more, because it's also, a, I think, a love letter to the directors that he loves. Yes, yes, there's definitely a lot of the, a lot of that sprinkled throughout the movie, mm-hmm. but with something uh, somewhat more original, and the things added in this film that you wouldn't see in a film like this. Yeah. Uh, so I really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed kind of the reveal of what is happening. Cause in the beginning of the film, we see that there are, uh, there's a, a chimp on the set of a TV show that just murdered people. Cause he's, and you could tell that cause he's filled with blood and then there's someone on the ground, and um, that's how our, the film opens. You're like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, what's going on? total silence, just a chimp covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which leads us to, uh, we get to see Daniel Kaluuya, who was in Get Out, along with his dad in a movie played by Keith David. They're both uh, horse trainers, and um, you can kind of see that they're, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character is a little more reserved and relaxed, kind of. Not very out, not necessarily as outgoing, introverted kind Mm -hmm. of character, and uh, we we learn that Keith David character has been doing this through uh, for a while now, and it's a generational thing that they train horses for movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're training out him and Daniel Kaluuya are up training a horse, and all of a sudden, shit starts falling from the sky, random shit, and uh, a nickel ends up firing through Keith David's eye and killing him. Yeah. Uh, which, the way it's done, I think, is really cool. Sorry, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but yeah. you don't know what happened until he gets to the hospital. You just see all, he's slumped over on the horse, and then he falls over, right. and then he's just gushing blood out of his eye. Right. Yeah. Now we see it's a nickel, and we also see that it's a lot, of, a lot of other things that have fallen from the sky and have embedded themselves into like the ground or different parts of the house. Um, and and from there we we uh, and that, and that's when the story really starts to kick off because months later we see that Daniel Kaluuya is now six months later we see that he is now in charge of uh, like the horse training mm-hmm. taking him to movie sets and everything and his sister ends up joining him because she's more of the talkative one and Kiki Palmer right yeah. and then um, so they end up going back to uh, their area because it doesn't really work out the horse doesn't work out for them. Uh, they go back to their ranch. Uh, before then, they stop off at the... Um, there's like an, an off... Well, this it takes place in California. Uh, off the beaten path, there's like this um, amusement park 
that's run by the a kid that was on this uh, sitcom where the, yeah. the chimpanzee attacked and killed a bunch of people. So now he runs this park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see that Daniel Kaluuya is selling horses to him to make up money because they're losing money on their ranch. And he actually asks, you know, I'm going to get these horses back. And uh, Stephen Ewan is like, yeah, sure, I can sell you these horses back kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it seems sketchy, but you have no idea why. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that's when we see that he was a kid on that show. Uh, he has a lot of memorabilia from that show because people are really interested about tragedy and and things mm-hmm. um even to today like people are so into tragedy in this world that there's entire channels dedicated to it yeah i mean and look at look at mtv and ridiculousness and that's all they play on the fucking show and it's yeah. just people going through accidents and stuff and and trauma too. And trauma tragedy and trauma especially because they ask him to tell the story and what he does is Tell them how Saturday Night Live did it in right. the 90s or whatever. Right. And he makes a bunch of, there's a lot of Chris Kattan, it's brilliant, ha ha ha. Right, kind of um, So he doesn't tell the story, he brushes it off because he's so incredibly traumatized by it. Yes. He can't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's when uh, shit starts to go down a little more. Um, they start hearing shit going around, uh, the power goes out um, frequently around their ranch. And then that's when Daniel Kaluuya sees something moving around because one of the horses he had was missing mm-hmm. and this um, something had taken the horse away because he could hear it crying and all around him mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it stops. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, it was pretty scary, that part of the movie, just hearing this horse uh, in... in Trauma, of course. Yeah. Uh, and you're hearing it in the theater in all different parts of the theater with the surround sound. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Um, and then that's when we kind of clued into that this is probably a UFO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which I've been kind of understood from the trailer. Yes. That it's yes. probably a UFO, yeah. And then from there we see uh, him and his sister go to like a Best Buy and pick up a bunch of equipment to, to film this thing going on because they want to make some money off of it, you know, because whenever you have something like this, you want to make some money off of it because other people haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately for them, people have seen this, and uh, Stephen Yoon's character has actually added that as an attraction to his amusement park, mm-hmm. which plays into the whole chimp thing uh, in the beginning of the movie to where he really didn't learn his lesson when he was a, a young man that you can't necessarily control animals and nature yeah but you should respect them yes that's what the whole theme of the movie is right because we learn that this isn't a ufo this is actually a creature that's flying around in the air and sucking up things that it can eat and then that's how the nickel flew and killed keith david's character because when the monster eats it squishes and sucks all the juices out of the care of the whomever it sucks up into mm-hmm. the hole and shits out all the stuff that it doesn't want to eat. Yeah, so Pip, Pip poops out like poops wallets out. and change and yes. keys. All sorts of shit. <laughs> um, which leads us, you know, to how our heroes in this movie kind of um, try and stop this from happening and stop this, this alien from killing more people and killing them. So they come up with a bunch of different plans, and that's how I'll kind of leave it from there. I won't spoil the ending for you. Yeah. 
uh, you have to see it for yourself kind I, of thing. I really want to do a movie of the week about it, though, when we can absolutely spoil it and talk about it more, because I feel mm. like we went through it so fast, and I have so many things that I want to say yeah. that we missed. Right. Um, uh, well, you can I say really them now if it. you want. I mean, we're, uh, we're, well, I'm not necessarily going through the movie. We're just talking about it. Um, well, I already said the homage to horror movies. The only thing that I wanted to add when you said the horse didn't work out on set with Daniel Kaluuya, it's because the horse got spooked. Right. Um, and the the same thing happened with the chimpanzee. Uh, what happens, you finally see the sitcom episode where it happens. It goes back to a flashback. Mm-hmm. They... He open. It's the chimp's birthday on this stupid yeah. sitcom. <laughs> Boy, is it ever stupid. Like, painfully stupid. Like an 80s sitcom um, pilot. So he opens this box. All these Mylar balloons come out. And then you hear a balloon pop. And then you just hear the monkey go ape shit. Excuse mm. me, the ape. Go ape shit. Go ape shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not a monkey. Yes. Um, and just freaks out. He just... But because you can't... You can't predict what animals are going to do in an environment that's not their own. Right. Or even an environment that is their own. Yes. You have to respect that. Yes. And that's what the whole movie is about. So you got the chimp, the horses, and then finally the alien whatever it is. Mm. It doesn't matter. Respect nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. some really great stuff in this movie. I, it's a definite check out. Um, yeah, I loved it. And yeah, also... I mean, the end is so Spielbergian, and I feel like he's both making fun of Spielberg. That's what <laughs> Steven Yeun's character is, because he's in—he's a child actor, right, which yeah. smacks of Steven Spielberg and uh, Kwai Kwan mm-hmm. in uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, I lost my train of thought. And, but then also, the end is so Spielbergian. Um, music swelling, oh, yeah. action, and, you know, you, you want to make fun of, and sometimes you want to hate Spielberg, but... Damn, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Only some of his movies I hate, but... Yeah. Not even that many. No, I, I can't really think of too many, except... No. Well, not even. He's, anyway, he is yeah. great at what he does. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I am that. All right, well... That's it. Let's yeah. do Movie of the Week. Let, next year, same time, nope, Movie of the Week. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Alright, thank you guys for listening once again. I hope you liked all our reviews, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. 